0: MBF 95, subhanAllah. Um, we are slowly getting to 100. That's crazy. It might be out
1: next week, though, right? Yeah, so it might, yeah. Be, yeah. It might
0: be late in August, probably. I don't
1: like this profile. What's up? I don't like this, like, profile picture side of it. Like, not so big, man.
0: Oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, NBF 95. About a year ago, like, we didn't even know each other. Like, we barely had met at Eid that one time.
1: Oh, it was at Sultan's. Uh, in yeah, That's what yeah. It was. Were, like, come to the
0: yeah. All right. What's yeah, that? took like a time. Warp. Yeah, it took like a time. SubhanAllah, when Allah wants to speed something up, it speeds up. Right. I'll fix this kufi. Everyone is here. Qanita. All right, listen to this. UK. Sufi hip-hop group. Mm. Advertisement. I got to add it, basically a message basically UK Sufi Hip Hop Group Mecca to Medina it's called it's available for your next music and Sufi festival alright so they're a UK Sufi Hip Hop Group and Nasheed this is not like a paid ad I'm just reading randomly an interesting message that I got Mecca to Medina aka M2M rapper Rakin Fatuga aka Rakin to Jenny. And Brother Ismail, they fuse hip-hop with the Sufi sounds of Africa, Asia, and Arabian Peninsula. They come to hip-hop with a positive message, channeling social consciousness and Islamic themes okay, by addressing challenges faced by the Muslims of Britain. All right? They've played to audiences across the world all right, and leading workshops with inmates, disaffected youth, do we want to hear one of their works? Okay. Here's their first work. Don't diss the prophet. So it's like, a, all right, let's see. I mean, let's just see what they say. I have to say. Run the track, please. Right. You used to listen to rap when you were young. Don't diss the prophet. It's called.
2: Okay.
0: I'll um, give him the taufik.
1: When I was in Spain. Yeah. Uh, one brother like pulled me aside. He's like, like you need to like check this out. This guy in Chicago. Yeah. What is it? I forget the brother's name. Um,
0: it was also hip hop?
1: yeah. Like it was all the way hip hop. Yeah, like, listening to his raps. It's like an albino brother. I, you know I don't know who it's Yeah, is. yeah. I
0: think he's is he Osama Cannon's friend? Yeah, it's like
1: this, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's Osama Cannon's friend, I think. Yeah. yeah. Out of California. He raps? Oh, it's full raps. Yeah. Man, I could not tell you the first thing about rap to be honest with you.
1: It wasn't bad though. Like if I showed it to some people I know they probably would get onto it.
0: Yeah, I mean if that's their things, that's what they like. That's what they like. Um who am I to say? Right. All I know is that SubhanAllah uh, The ummah is so vast And there's all sorts of stuff going on And I guess what matters is your intent But also What matters is your respect When you're going to talk about Allah and His Messenger My daughter put on a sheet the other day And it was a dua right? And the guy was referring to Allah as Ya So I was like I don't, That doesn't sound right to me Right like um, I don't know, like uh, I'm calling on you, right? Uh, and I was like, it doesn't sound right. Like that's not how you talk to Allah Ta'ala. So there has to be some modicum of of that respect there, I guess. Uh, not I guess I, it, it has to be. Um, so I was like, I'm not really comfortable exactly with with that. So, all right, we are on the storytelling of the prophets of Allah. And I think we did hadith Umm before, okay, but this is a little bit more, I don't know why my mind is telling me we did this. We did the chapter pertaining to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he and Sayyidah Isha and he and his other, okay, so maybe there are different hadiths then, okay, because they're yeah, there may be different hadiths, so let's read them. بسم <اللحظة> الله the name of لله Rahman والسلام Alhamdulillah رسول the وعلى آله the it, blacks, وصحبه ومن okay. He حدثنا the بن حجر the عيسى بن يونس Ali ibn Hujr, Akbarana عن Yunus, and الله بن عن ibn عن and قالت جلست Ibn فتعاهدنا أَلَّا مِنْ أَخْبَارِ أَزْوَاجِهِنَّ شَيْئًا 11 women, they said, we shall not keep any secrets about our family lives. By the way, that's haram. Just a story, basically. Uh, you're not allowed to speak about your privacy of your business. Right? فَقَالَتِ الْأُولَى yeah, and we're talking about, you're not allowed to speak about the privacy of you know, things that go between husband and wife. That's not appropriate for anybody else to be involved with. It's really good for Arabic language. Okay. First one says, My husband is like meat of a useless camel. That means he's just a body with no spirit at all. He's just a Some people are created like that. They just have no spirit. There's just no, you, you wonder, what's going on in your brain? Why don't you have a spirit? Why don't you, don't make fun of those people. That's how he is. He's created like that. And there's a reason for that. There are some jobs only those types of people can do, right? They have the sabr and the patience for monotony. They've accepted... Their, monotony is like part of their existence. And other people, they're like the winds, They can't sit still. So, it's leave Allah's creation to be as it is. She said, he's also like a piece of meat, that lifeless piece of meat on top of a mountain, which is difficult to climb. So, the road is not easy... And then when you get there, the meat is the meat is not worth it. Okay, so basically, not only is the man essentially uh, the man is he's dull, but he's not accessible. Like sometimes a guy could be accessible, but he's dull but accessible. Like I can reach him anytime, I can talk to him anytime. But she's saying here, not only is the man dull he's not accessible can't reach him like can't talk to him never wants to talk so that's the first woman the second woman said i fear if i begin to describe his faults there's no end to it if i begin i will have to mention all his inner and his outer faults so she means if she begins the amount of flaws this man has okay he can't be described He's just all, everything is about him is bad. A few commentators have made an objection to this, that she broke her promise, right, by refusing to describe her husband. But others said, no, this is the description. The description of the husband is that everything bad about him, he has it. Stinginess, dirtiness, etc. Third woman says, My husband is Ashannak. Meaning, very tall. But, if I utter a word, he immediately says, one more word, and I utter talak on you. In other words, I divorce you. So I stay silent. And some people said here that tallness, now she's not praising him. right? Like, what does tallness have to do with issuing divorce at any word that she says? It says here that tallness in that, for the Arabs, was like a, a word that meant that he's not he's not bright, and it's the stereotypical person who's extremely tall, but but empty on the inside. So that's like a stereotype that really tall people they've been given height, but nothing is up here. Which I guess this is what the commentator said. I didn't think about that as soon as soon as she said that, but the commentator said that that when the Arabs say this word for tall what it means is not just tall but tall and dense there's nothing upstairs ok and also I think it's I actually don't believe that people are uh, can have to be, stay unintelligent or dense or dumb like I personally believe everybody can be taken to a respectable modicum of a skill whatever the skill is it just may take them a little bit longer and as for the super-excelling geniuses of life, that's just a gift. That's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But everybody can reach a modicum, a respectable modicum of, of anything. So whether it's, it's health, to be like an Adonis, that's a gift from Allah, but to be re- like of good physique and good health, anybody can attain it, Right? Like, I really believe that anybody can attain the level of good at anything. Okay? If they're taught properly and they work hard at it. But the the really great gifted people, that's just something from Allah. And you can't try to create that. So I think any of us, let's just take a simple example. Any of us could become good readers. Can you become an amazing an analyst, analytical uh, reader, whatever? That's probably... But anybody of us, any one of us could also become a good basketball player. Like you could learn to shoot, you could practice, you could learn to dribble, etc. Are you going to be great? No, that's something from Allah. But any skill that you're talking about, anybody could be good at it with, with practice and the right coaching. But So that's why when someone says someone's dumb, there, I don't think anyone has to stay dumb. I really don't. If you have a right teacher and you stick at it, you can learn the basic rules of mantik and analysis. And that's all it is. The basic rules of mantik and analysis. A man once, subhanAllah, there was somebody recently said, God is oppressing me, right? So explain to me, why is God oppressing me? I said, Well, if you even understood what you were saying, the moment that you uttered the word God, that implies He owns everything. You can't oppress somebody who owns everything. He, uh, someone who owns everything cannot oppress anybody. Like, not it's it's rationally impossible. It's an inconce- inconceivable because he owns everything. You can only oppress. The definition of oppression is to take the rights of somebody else. Nobody owns any you, you're owned. Everything about you is owned. He can do what you want with you. It'll never be oppression. So that's this basic mantik of. When you define a word, don't contradict it later in the sentence. Anyone can learn this stuff. So anyway, she says, not only was the Ashannak, it's a its a tall but not bright, but it's also the, the tallness that reflects itself badly in the face of somebody. That the face of the person is not handsome. And this too, I think that uh, we shouldn't overemphasize em- genetics and we should just look at cleanliness and and... If a person is, can can take care of... You could take care of yourself, right? Nobody should feel trapped in anything. You could take care of yourself, make yourself clean. But also, beauty for us, there is another nur that comes down with tahajjud. The nur of tahajjud. And expelling the darkness of sins. And that's why you have... We had some great shayyukh. And I was one time with a sheikh. He was very, very old. And one of the young people, he was his relative, like a grandson or something. He said, Wallahi, the sheikh is not physically handsome, but there's so much nur on his face, I can't take my eyes off him. I wouldn't have said that, but that's like his grandfather, so he's saying that, right? He said, Wallahi, the Shaykh is not, he's not physically handsome, right? But he's got so much nur on his face, I can't take my eyes off him. And that's, again, nobody is trapped. You're not trapped. You could work hard at things, and Allah Ta'ala can even give beauty into a face, but it's a beauty of nur, right? Which is by tahajjud and staying away from sins. All right, now we go to the fourth woman. Fourth woman said, My husband is mild mannered like the knights of Tihama, neither cold, okay? Nor is there anything to ever fear of him. Okay, so that means he's never cold, he's warm. When he comes in, he greets people, greets and smiles, etc. So this is a good thing, all right? But at the same time, he doesn't get angry. Because here's the thing. If you're warm, you can get too hot. And too hot means that those people, when they're happy, they're really happy and excited. But when they get angry, they're on fire. So you got to worry about that excess of heat in the personality. And there's an excess of coldness, the previous wife before this mentioned, he's so cold and so distant, right? So she's saying he's perfectly in the middle. Neither is he cold, nor does he get angry. Yeah. you had to go get us uh, some pictures of water, so right after the stream, we water the plants. So he's mild-natured and he's not cunning or dull. You don't fear to live with him. That's so important. You see like um, some people in a the house they have to check where the guy is or sometimes the mom if, she, if she's upstairs or he's upstairs they won't go upstairs because they know he's going to pick at something right that's not it's not a good thing if you live with somebody that every time someone comes in the room it's like you what's that why are you wearing that today Wait, don't you say salam alaikum when you come in everything something it makes your life miserable. And you wonder why they never call, or they never show up, or they don't want to be in the same room with you. Because you make them miserable. It is said that the name of this woman is Mahd Bint Ebi Haruma. By the way, this is supposedly a true story, like a legend, passed down as a legend. Okay. So, uh, the nights of this area are always mild. Tiham. The nighttime is mild. Why? Maybe they get some kind of a breeze from somewhere. Now, the fifth woman says, when my husband comes into the house, he's like a cheetah. When he goes out, he's a lion. And he never investigates what happens in the house. So, this woman is Kepsha, And the ulama are differing on this. Okay. What did she mean by a cheetah? Okay. Like, how is a cheetah so different from a lion? Well, we know that the lion is a source of pride. The lion is like the king. So outside the house, that's definitely praise. You say outside the house, he's like a lion. But what does it mean inside the house? Okay. Does that mean inside the house, he lets go of the affairs? That's most likely, right? Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. He's a lion outside the house means he dominates the world of, of men and his colleagues and his peers, but inside the house, he lets things go. Because the cheetah is an, it's a wild cat, but it's a big cat, but it's not the don. It's not the leader of the cats.? Okay? And that makes more sense, because he says that inside the house he doesn't investigate what happens in the house. In other words, he doesn't play Pharaoh inside the house. He's the tough he's strong, and he's the leader outside the house, but inside the house. He doesn't make himself out to be in charge of everything. In other words, he gives me my space inside the house. Okay. And there is a theory in Islamic uh, uh, talk about family distribution of roles that the woman is Rabbat al-Manzil. She's in charge of the house. Okay. If she's at in the house most of the time, which is the preferred preference of the Sharia, as Allah says, "Wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Remain at peace in your homes, right? Al Qira is peace, right? Remain at peace in your homes as opposed to stressed out outside the house. Stressed out doing this, that, and the other. So, if that's what Allah is saying, that generally speaking, inside the house is best, right? Uh, If that's the case, and he's outside the house, because that's also what the Sharia is, what the Quran mentions regarding a man. Okay, uh, bima faddalallahu baadakum ala baad. Right, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the man as, um, subhanallah, uh, uh mentions the man as saying, الرجال rijal عَلَىٰ ala nisa. Bima اللَّهُ بِهِ بَعْضُهُمْ ala بَعْضٍ الرجال rijal qawwam. What does that mean? qawwam. He's the one always getting up, oh, he's always standing, he has to supply. He has to provide and protect, so he's always outside the house, right? Someone's going to say, oh, this is the ancient times. I know it's the ancient times, right? I know things. You think I don't live in this world, right? And my wife doesn't live in this world. We live in this world. But that's the general spirit of the Quranic message. We can't deny that either. So the man is constantly outside. So how does he have time to be aware of the affairs inside the house? Well, most a lot of men I know they come into the house is like they don't know where anything is, right? They're like strangers. Why? He works all day and she's at home all day, so she's in charge of one abode and he's in charge of another abode, and that's what uh, I understand from this hadith. Like he's strong, but he's a cheetah. He's the cheetah is not the top of the big cat uh, uh, food chain, right? The cheetah is not dominate the way the lion is. So outside, he dominates. Inside the house, he's like almost a little passive. Okay, so that's one interpretation of it. Others said, no, inside the house. But they still, they, they didn't really explain it right. They say inside the house, he's like a cheetah uh, in that he's always like sleeping. What that, what, is that the reputation of the cheetah? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. But that's the reputation of the cheetah. So I don't, I don't really see that. The only interpretation I see is the one that I just mentioned: that they're both praise. Outside the house, he's like a lion. Inside the house, he's accepting that someone else is um, managing this abode, so he doesn't even ask. That's what says he doesn't even investigate what happens in the house. I don't know, Okay, the other is that he doesn't care. He's careless about his his home. That's obviously blame, because. Even if the, the, we say that this, this theory or this view that the woman is the master of the house, let's, or, or let's say she's the caretaker of the house, the responsibility to hold, uphold certain things is still on the husband. In other words, sinfulness. He's responsible if sinfulness manifests in the house and takes place in the house. He's responsible for that. Right? He is sinful, if there are sins going on in the house. So, the responsibility is still on the husband. Okay? And sometimes your husband, he's got to be the bad guy. Right? You got to be the bad guy and shut down the haram. Do not allow the haram in the house. Some people say, well, I'm afraid I don't want to bother, I don't want them to be upset. Let's say he's got a teen kid and the teen's doing something haram. I don't want him to be upset. Okay, you have two options here. If you shut down what is sinful, then that forks into either the kid is a good kid whom you've protected from sins. If he's a good kid, then Allah himself will turn his heart, and he won't hate you. If he's a bad kid, he will hate you for shutting down the haram. In which case, if he's a bad kid, then at least you have bad kid and he's doing the haram, and bringing haram into the house, or a bad kid and no haram in the house. So you're winning either way, right? You're winning either way. Some people, I'm telling you, and it's mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf, that some parents, they are directed by their kids. If their kid goes into the Haram, they will go into the Haram. This is not a modern phenomenon. It's in Surah Al-Kahf, way back in the time of Sayyidina Musa, that two good believers, they had a kid. They were both weaker personalities than the kid. And Allah tells us, Al-Khidr says that he was going to go astray and he would take his parents astray. So it's happened throughout history that parents can sometimes be weaker than their kids and be led astray by their kids or be led aright by their kids, right? But what I'm saying is that think about it uh, rationally. If a kid is going down and doing something haram, taking that haram away nicely or by force, of course you want to do something nicely, it's more efficient, or by force. Okay. whichever way you're winning, if you take it away by force, it's that's not what's going to make him bad. All right. You know, you go upstairs and your kid has got the the room locked and he's sitting on the Internet for four hours. No, you got to shut that down. You cannot accept that. That's not a way way to live. Well, what are you locking the door for? Why don't you come and uh, uh, watch what you're watching on the Internet at the kitchen table? Why doesn't that ever happen? Right? Why is it always the screen turned and earbuds? Something fishy is going on here. As the kids today call it, sus. Right? Alright, so, shut it down. If he's a good kid, you just protected him. And if he hates you at the moment, if he's a good kid, Allah will turn his heart towards you. And he, his hatred will go away. If he's a bad kid, okay, then he's not going to be good to you anyway. So you might as well remove the haram from the house because this brings darkness into the home. So that's my philosophy on rectification. There's nothing to lose. You have everything to gain by rectifying, whether nicely or by force. Okay. And there's a whole absurd philosophy of gentle parenting. Wallahi r okay. The gentle parenting philosophy, it requires you to have hours at a time in the day and it requires you to only have one kid right like these gentle parent philosophies for example the kid doesn't want to put his shoes on what do they say let's get into why he doesn't want to put his shoes on okay let's get into the motivation have have you motivated him to put his shoes on to go out of the house have you said it in such a way that makes him not want to put his shoes on i'm not even joking you this is this is a real philosophy it was in the New York Times, okay? This is a real philosophy. And if you force him to put his shoes on and you yell at him, put your shoes on, we gotta go, right? then he may be traumatized by shoes. And he may be in a, such a, a certain situation where now he resents your use of force. What the heck wrong is, what is wrong with you people? Such a a basic thing. And you guys are philosophizing, okay, on every little detail, okay? Every little detail. He hits somebody. Why don't we discuss why he hit somebody? Wait a second. What about the one that he hit? Why don't we discuss maybe that person triggered something inside of him? All this, we're worried about the hitter? Not the one that was hit, right? Look it up. It is the most ludicrous, absurd philosophy right, that you'll ever come upon. It's called gentle parenting. And my, result, my thing is this. I don't, I don't need to see a philosophy of parenting. Show me the kids. Show me the kid at 15. Show me the kid at 17. Show me the kid at 20. Right? That's all I need to know. I don't need to, see your philo- I don't need to read your philosophy in a book. Every kid is different. Show me exactly how the kid turned out at 15, 17, 20. I guarantee you all those kids that come out of gentle parenting, they're a bunch of spoiled brats. They're gonna be photographers, all right? They're gonna major in something unobjective because you can't objectively do math, for example, and someone tells you you're right and you're wrong. Okay? They can't be told they're wrong ever, ever. See, you know the philosophy, the problem with this philosophy, they don't have anything called a nafs. They don't believe in a nafs al-ammara. That is the biggest difference between modern parenting philosophies and the rest of the world. And the rest of human history. Because they don't believe in something called a nafs al-ammara. We have a nafs al-ammara. And I can have a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, and I see the nafs al-ammara right there coming up. Guess what you're going to do? Shut it down. That's nafs al-ammara. That's not you. That's a bad side of you. You could become that, right? That's an nafs al-ammara. So that's a big difference, the, the, the ego that commands evil. That's the biggest difference between us and these absurd, ridiculous uh, uh, parenting philosophies of gentle parenting. I'm not going to always be gentle with your nafs. Sometimes your nafs needs to be shut down. That's the biggest difference. We have an nafs al We also have that kids don't turn out to be good or bad just by you. It's by taqwa too right you're not i'm not responsible for 100% of how a kid turns out he has his own taqwa right or wrong right he got his own taqwa yes maybe i'm i could uh, uh every parent every dad every mom they have bad traits it's taqwa that will make you that kid say alhamdulillah they still are my parents regardless nataghafal we don't look at the bad things that they said they said or did and and we have taqwa Taqwa is also something that grows very young in a child. Don't think that taqwa is for adults, right? That this language of deen is only for adults. It's not. I've actually talked to kids. 11 and 12 years old. Who told me as follows. They said, we used to come to the masjid as a chore. Okay. Then something very bad happened at school. And I began to pray and make du'a and come to the masjid because I wanted to get out of trouble. And then I realized I like it here. So now I come to thank Allah for getting me out of trouble. This is the essence of ibadah and it came out of the mouth of a 12 year old. Right? And now this 12 year old goes to the masjid on their own. So you see the religious maturity, spiritual maturity can occur very young. And therefore they could also look at your parent and they could say that this is Allah has given me this parent is my test in life. Right? So it's not all the kid turns out good or bad it's not all on the parent. It's partly their own taqwa. Now you got to set them up to be able to have taqwa. You have to teach they they have to hear whether they're paying attention or not that there's something called dua there's something called ibadah there is a creator that can take care of you. Then once they try it and they realize oh he did take care of me so they have iman now. So uh All these parenting techniques are mostly uh, by people who don't believe in an nafs al They don't believe in taqwa. So the toolbox is, and their philosophy, is going to be completely out in left field. And the results are out in left field. They're all going to be some uh, uh, blue-haired photographers in the future. That's it. Influencers. Next woman. She says... When my husband eats, he eats everything. When he drinks, he drinks everything. When he sleeps, he pulls the sheet. Okay? Like when he turns, he pulls the sheet, sheet with him. He does not even touch me. Right? So, it's, in these words, it's, pray, it's, it's criticism. But some have even read praise into this. Now, I don't see how there's any praise into this. When he eats, he eats everything. When he drinks, he doesn't leave anything. How is that praise? Now the first one said, when he eats, he eats everything, meaning that he'll eat anything, whatever she puts out. No, that's the wrong word. It's not everything then, it's anything. right? Meaning that, the first interpretation, I mean, someone's really trying to find an excuse for this man, but when he eats, he eats everything, meaning whatever I put in front of him, he's not picky, he'll eat it. No, that's not the right word. It's not It would be If he eats, he eats anything. There's a big difference between everything and anything. So I don't really, I'm not buying that interpretation that that's praise. Just like I'm not buying the other one that it's criticism being a cheetah inside the house and not asking what happens in the house to me that was praise. This one is blame. When he eats, he doesn't leave he doesn't think about the people in his house. Right? He doesn't think about the people in his house. He's selfish. When he eats, he's selfish. That's one of the worst traits to have for people. When someone comes in, and, you know, in our cultures, I don't know how, how it is in other cultures, nobody eats the last piece, right? There has to be a charade. We have to all fake it, that we don't want it, right?
1: There, there was something interesting, like uh, Yassim. Yeah. I was saying that, like, there was a study about alpha male type of things. Yeah. And it said that the last piece actually says nothing about who has that characteristic. It's actually the
0: second to last piece. Oh, the second to last. You're that's totally right. That's the real right. last piece. Because we already actually have a, a charade going on on the last piece. So the real one is the second to last piece. You're totally right about that. The second to last piece has taken the place of the last piece. And everyone will fake it, right, that they don't want the last piece. We all want the last piece. Okay. But that's at least we have the adab to not take the last piece, pass it around first. And I'll tell you the the the, the best person is the one who cuts it by that cuts out this whole charade by just like dividing it up and saying, all right, you eat this, you eat this, you eat that, right? And there is obligation as generosity, right? There is a concept of obligation as generosity. And that's how we observe, that's what we consider, how we view Allah's obligations to us of ibadah. So you can be sitting with somebody and if they offer you the last piece, it's also not polite even to accept it, all right? So what they do, they save you the hassle. They'll obligate it and they'll get upset. Wallahi, you're eating the last piece. Eat it. So That's an obligation to make your life easier. He knows you want it. He knows it's good for you. And he knows that you're going to make that you don't want it. But he's going to obligate you. By doing that, he's saved, saved you from thinking. Saved you from worrying. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala, in obligating us, Ibadat, He saved us from thinking of, should I do it or should I not? Now we've got to do it. right? And it's almost like He so wants our presence in Ibadah, so loves right, and desires our presence in Ibadah, that He's obligated us, even with a threat. And how many times have you had a, seen, well in our culture it happens all the time, a guest comes in, Wallah, you're eating this. If you don't eat it, I'm going to get upset. It happens all the time in, in, in Arabic cultures. Uh, if you don't eat this, I'm going to get upset. It's a fake upsetness, right? It's not really going to be upset. So uh, so that's that. The last piece. But this man, he eats everything. When he drinks, he didn't leave any for anybody else. And you know back in the old days how, how terrible it was to have to go get water. It's not like today. You have to go out and, and pump it out or pull out the out from the well, etc. All right. When he sleeps, he sleeps in his own sheet. That means he turns with the sheet. If you're sleeping with somebody and you need to turn, you can't hold the sheet and, and anchor it with you, then the other person is going to not have a sheet. All right. Everything about this man is bad. His eating, his drinking, his sleeping. And there's another thing in the marital relation, which is intimacy. He doesn't even know that. Like, he, he is not even like, what are you doing? Just eating, sleeping? There's no, not even intimacy? So. The eighth woman. My husband is soft like a rabbit when I touch him, and he smells like saffron. Alright? This woman was and this was a praise for her husband. Meaning, He's not harsh or ill-mannered and his actual body is also clean, soft and smells good. He takes care of his physical body. Okay? All right. In another narration, it says, "He dominates other people, but I dominate him." Okay? My domination is not due to his weakness. Okay? Because he dominates others, but it is due to his love for me and his manner, his, his mercy for me. He allows me to have my way. With him, in the house, and this was one of the things that in Medina, the uh, Sahaba from Mecca were not used to. The Sahaba of Mecca, the Meccans in general, they dominated their wives in the house. They were domineering over their wives. In Medina, the men allowed their wives to dominate the house. And as it's like North Jersey and Central Jersey, right? The in 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 Mecca, a man was in charge in his house. In Medina, he allowed his wife to be in charge. When Sayyidina Omar came to the house, he, after some while in Medina, he found his wife took over. And he said, what happened to you? Right? What happened to the women? Ever since we've come to Medina, they're trying to dominate over us. Right? And so, it's explained in the books that the Meccan Family unit was different from the Medinan family unit. The Meccan family unit: a man dominated over his wife, bossed her around, and took many wives. In Medina, you took one wife, and she was dominating dominating in the house. Okay. When we say dominating, I think that's relative too, right? Not I. I, I wouldn't think of some Netflix boss woman type of attitude like. Who would love that, right? It's not lovable. You lost your, anyone would want to be with you, right? But, so just so nobody thinks that that's what we're justifying, right? Or talking about. Okay. The ninth woman said, My husband is of a high status, generous, hospitable. He has a a big house, and he has a lot of ashes. He is well built, strong. His home is near the assembly, okay, and the dar of mashwara, meaning council, the, the, the senate of the tribe. Now, this m- woman is also mentioning praises. The first is that her house is tall. She has, like, a high ceiling in her house. If you've ever been to a house with a high ceiling, it's relaxing, but right? You want to be, all right, with... Uh, you want to be in a house that's, that's, that has a nice high ceiling. It makes you feel, feel that you have space and room. Whereas if it's a short apartment, you feel clustered. Secondly, he's very wealthy. And he's one of the leaders. He's in the Senate. Okay. All right. Secondly, he's very generous and hospitable. He always has guests. He has travelers. He's kind to people. He's nice to those people. Right? He's hospitable to them. He gives them a lot of food, etc. Then he's physically imposing. He's, he's physically domineering. Right? So, and the Arabs used to consider that the, the, the right height is neither too tall nor too short. Why? Because too tall was not bright and too short can be defeated. Right? So, someone who is of the middle stature is what they consider to be well-built. You're right. And he's always part of the decision-making of the tribe. So that's a praise. The 10th woman said, my husband is manic. And how can I describe manic? He's more generous than all those who have been praised. Okay. He's more generous than all these people. And he's more praiseworthy than any praise I can think of. Like if I can think of it, He's more than that. Wow, she really likes him. He owns herds of camels and he keeps them near the house. They don't have to go far for grazing. When the camels hear the sounds of the milhar, which is the lute, they know that their end is near. So this woman is Kapsha bin Tumalik and she said her husband, she's very happy with her husband. You know, there are certain things women can do that men can't, like men can't have a hadith like this. that would be scandal. Right, which is explained thus: If the camels go out to graze in the fields, right, then at that t- the time of hospitality and attending to guests has come. Right, time is wasted in herding, in going far away, and coming back. So she says that it's praiseworthy. Means like he works near the house; he doesn't have to go far away. Okay, the camels are not sent out to graze, but they feed in a pen. Okay. When a visitor comes, we're able to slaughter a camel immediately because they're all near the house. All right? That the the mithar, the sound of the lute, which is the flute. Now the flute is the easiest instrument to make because you make it just a piece of uh, wood or whatever it is and then you cut holes in it and you make it hollow and then you give it like a mouthpiece. All right? And so the lute was something that shepherds used to pass the time by playing the lute because shepherding is not exactly a fun job. You go out there and you're with animals all day, so they just play the lute, okay? Some said that the lute was also something that people used to play if there was a guest to signify to the people of the region, of the, of the neighborhood, that there's somebody new here, come out and see him, all Right. So that means camels also know whenever the lute is played, there's a guest, one of us is going to die because we have to feed the guest. So that's what she meant by that. That when the camels hear the sounds of the lute, then they know their end is near. Okay. And then the last one is Umm Zara. And we read this with Ammar. I remember Ammar was here. Right. Ammar was here. And we, we read this one. My husband was Abu Zara. And I'll summarize this because we actually read it before. Abu Zara, there was a woman, she married Abu Zara. She was very poor. She's a very poor woman. And she married, and she was from a small family. So she didn't have anything. She did not have much going for her. This is like a tragedy, by the way. She marries Abu Zara. Abu Zara is rich, handsome. His mother is wonderful. He has kids from a previous marriage. They're wonderful. His servant is wonderful. She just loves this family. He says, he made my ears weigh down with jewelry. And he, he, he made my sides full of fat. In other words, I eat a lot. My eyes are always rested. She sleeps in. When I wake up, I have a mountain of food to eat. Okay, All day? I don't have to lift a finger. Like she's very happy. Okay. His mother-in-law, his mother. Now the mother-in-law is always viewed as like suspiciously, right? Like, is she going to give me a hard time or not? She says my mother-in-law is wonderful. Now she has stepsons and stepdaughters from him. Usually the stepdaughter, stepson, they're also there's some tension. She says they're wonderful. They only say nice things to me. They have great hearts towards me. The servant, the servant also, sometimes they steal or they transmit what they hear in the house. The servant is trustworthy. She said, I was living the best life until one sad day. One fateful, terrible day. Abu Zara stepped out of the house. And he found a woman. And he sort of caught this woman breastfeeding. Two twins. Okay. All right. So, like sometimes maybe she was breastfeeding in her courtyard or something. And he walked by and glanced at her. And what happened to Abu Zara? Poor man fell in love. Caught the woman breastfeeding. Whoa, what did I just see? I'm not making this up. It's right here. Okay? Alright? It's right here. It's not my words. So nobody should say, why are you saying this? So he came back to me, changed. And in short order, I was divorced. And he married that woman. Okay? I became so sad that I was, I lost Abu Zarah. But I had become noble. So another chief, when he realized that Abu Zara has divorced me, he took me. He married me. And I married with this man. He was a prince and a soldier. He gave me many gifts and he gave me food that, all the food I wanted. Okay? And... He said, give your family wealth, my wealth, my, my money. Send food to your family. He had everything good. Anything that Abu Zara gave to me, uh, Abu Zara gave to me, he gave to me. And more. Except that there was something in my heart connected to Abu Zarah that was not connected to this man. Now this is something we have to understand. The Prophet ﷺ said, you can't control your heart. A person can do a thousand good things for you and love you to death. And another person could do one good thing to you and love you decently. But where your heart turns, you can't control. It's something in the fitrah, right? Sometimes you just, you can't control your heart. The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Allah, do not take me to account on the turning of my heart. Because no one... His heart loved Sayyidah Aisha, right? More than everyone else. But he had to be fair with his body, with his wealth, with his time, to all the other women, right? So he said, Oh Allah, do not take me to account by my heart. can't control my heart. Alright? So this is what she said. The Prophet wasallam listened to this whole story, and he said, Oh Aisha, I am to you as Abu Zara' was to Umm Zara' except... That I will not divorce you. All right. So there you have it. With the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam listening to this old tale. Okay, this old tale uh, that um, was known amongst the Arabs. Right, so, and he listened. It was that's that. That's how they had it. Had fun. What's going on?
1: There's something burning in the kitchen? Like what?
0: The neighbors came. Ryan will check it out right now. The neighbors came to complain that the kitchen downstairs, something's burning. But is the fire on? Is the fire on? The. Well, Ryan's going to go check it out, and we'll see. Uh, Muslim astrologer? What is this? Explain yourself on Instagram. Because astrology is haram love problem I smell it too did, did you turn anything on toaster or anything Rye's got to go solve that problem because I smell it here and we're on the third story This is we're on the third floor of this, of this operation I smell it from here someone's toasting something it could be the other neighbor Rye's got to get to the bottom of it because as the youth would put it these days we're not trying to burn this place down Someone's someone is is toasting a bagel and kept the bagel in there. Yeah. All right, Muslim astrologer is on Instagram. You have a love problem, he's got a solution. He's got Vakisharan. Sounds suspicious and sounds haram. Love marriage specialist. Get lost love back. Yeah, Muslim astrologer. Are you on sihr? Are you a witch? What's going on here? Okay. Let's go to the Q&A today because we've covered our section of the Shema'id here in which Rahani, what do you want to do? You take the Instagram. But be very careful. Don't swipe too high. You'll get out of the whole app and take the mic next to you. Uh, As we'll start taking questions. uh, Is your mic on? We'll see when Ryan gets back. Okay, we'll see what's going on with this kitchen because uh, I do smell that someone is burning the toast. Essentially, H Baz, this dhikr counter is really good, and we could we have three more in the store if we want. When our store our store manager comes back, he can mail one to you. He can charge you and mail it to you. Hoopoo says, it's sometimes more complicated than this. Remember the pronouns in the comment section. We don't always know what you're talking about, but because we're not reading it live. Some kids have difficulty making friends. If they're already made friends online, then taking away the internet access cuts off their social life. This is um, in reference to what I said about like shutting off the internet. Of course, there are always exceptions. Never imagine that, and this is one of the... the, um, Points in in any discourse, there are exceptions to every rule. So yes, there are always exceptions. F. W., do we know anything about the formative years of the messenger between seven and his teenage years? Yes, we do know some things. We know that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he he was not a, he was protected by Allah Taala from going to indecent places. And we know that one time his friends had invited him to a party and the messenger sallallahu he was maybe a youth, well he was a youth. And he went but not knowing something haram is going to happen at that party, whatever it was, singers, something indecent. And Allah ta'ala caused him to fall asleep and miss the party, we know that. We know that he used to accompany his uncle to trade, so he would learn and he would help. We know that he was a shepherd. We know that he used to oftentimes go up to the mountains and contemplate. Even as a youth. And we know that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was his friend. And we know that Fakhita, Umm Hani, the daughter of Abu Talib, was also his friend. Before that, there was sharia about genders. He was best friends with his cousin, Fakhita, Umm Hani. Okay. So much so that he wanted to marry her. But Abu Talib had already secured her engagement to somebody else. All right? Any questions on Insta so far? Yes, yes what is it? istighfar, surawat, uh, Or saying alhamdulillah is better? What's better, to say alhamdulillah or to say istighfar? Al-istighfar is superior. The According to Imam al-Haddad, the superior of God are La ilaha illallah, al-istighfar, al-salat ala al-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and hamd in that order. All right, Rye, we, what's the verdict? What was going on?
1: Turned off the system, check the rooms in the basement to see if it's anything, because the kitchen, it smells like, I can't tell if it's a gas leak or
0: something. It smells like a toaster. Yeah. Is anyone in the basement, you the tenants? Right here, I smelled it here. Maybe the guys out there are sawing something, and that's what we smell. The workers outside.
1: It's coming through the vents though, so maybe it's the,
0: Maybe someone in the basement left something on? Yes, I
1: think the system might be burnt out or something. The air system.
0: Okay. I'm
1: going to keep checking. I'm going to check the rooms in the basement. Okay, Rye will There's do a check. Right?
0: Yeah. For all the rooms. Yeah. It should be. Rye's going to go check the basement where we have tenants. We collect rent. I can't collect Jizya, so I collect rent. All right, next question. Oh, HVAC? A local Muslim HVAC? Yeah, I can. Chem uh, uh, send me a text on the side and I'll send you the HVAC guy who who, who did this for us. What are the differences between the madhabs? Says IYI Bros. The differences between the madhabs, in a nutshell, has to do with their uh, categorization of the As-Sunnah. So, for example, uh, Abu Hanifa, he categorizes a sunnah between the ahad, that the, the hadith are widely spread, or the hadith is ahad. They're treated differently. Their use in law is different. Madik also agreed with that, and he also has Amal Ahl al He's considered it mutawatir. The, 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 what was the scholars of Medina agreed upon, or what was publicly done in Medina. At the time of the prophethood, uh, at the time of the first three generations, the Shafi'iyah they don't view that they don't separate between the ahad and the non-ahad. Ahad means only came down from one or two Sahaba. The Hanbalis, they really limit analogy and they prefer lesser strong hadiths, right, over analogy and they also don't separate between the differences between the Sahaba. So if one Sahaba did A and another Sahabi did B, they won't choose. They'll say both is Sunnah. So there is different, that, that's just in a nutshell some of the differences. Next question. Um, Mufti says, said all were that's true, yes. Uh, Susu says, can I wear a Vivian Westwood necklace? I don't know what Vivian Westwood is but or who she is okay but uh i so i can't answer the question like what's up with the vivian is there an Agessa in their, ne- their necklaces like how would there be an Agessa in their necklace like what's the big deal with a vivian westwood necklace so next Dhikr is very vast. It could be done. It could be done um, silently. It could be done aloud. Now it is said that the beginner should do his dhikr aloud. Okay? Should do his dhikr aloud. Why is that? Because he is already prone to distraction. So by doing it out loud, you filling your senses. You should read it so your eyes see it. Say it so your tongue is moving. Hear it so your senses are all covered right? and the best of dhikr is to be upon wudu facing the qibla and no distractions so that's the best and then as a person later on he may do it silently and still be able to focus then that's fine too in public, it'll be in your head or it'll be um, just whispered which is fine Hamza says can you listen to the Qur'an while driving or doing a task While driving yes and doing a mindless task yes Mindless task not a task that your mind can't focus on both Because If the Qur'an is recited then listen and pay attention So Qur'an is not like other adhkar or nasheeds that you can not pay attention You have to pay attention so you can do a mindless task, cutting celery, stuffing mahshi. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> all right, Vivian Westwood has a cross on her image design, like on purpose or is it a plus sign? I guess we're going to have to look up so this so-called Vivian Westwood. Here we go with some hold on let me get this yeah it looks like one of those royal crosses like the the kings of europe so i guess i wouldn't wear that i wouldn't pay money to wear a cross even if it's like a royal cross so there's a lot of other designers that you could wear their clothes uh what's the verdict right That's terrible. yeah That means we have to get uh, the HVAC guy. I I look at it first. Okay. to see if they are some or something. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Why is Sadaka impermissible to give to the bait? says Amin. Who told you that? Oh, to Ahlul Bayt. Not to the Bayt. Ahlul Bayt. Because our Sadaqa is the filth of our wealth. It's a purification of our wealth. That's why. Nimra says, Is it okay to recite Surah Al-Baqarah for a particular intention? Yes. Or any Quran. Any Quran. And can it be recited sitting in one sitting or split up throughout the day? Either one. Tahir Omar, a person should read the biographies of the Imams and choose a methodology. Hey, Rai, could we put that up from yesterday, if you have it? Real quick, I want to go over this again. This is so important. The right way to do things, the right way to think, the right way to do something, okay, is you got to pick a methodology of doing it first. What's the methodology by which you're going to do something? Then you plug in all the information, then you accept the results. That's the right way to know Allah's will for you. Okay? That's the right way to do science. It's a logical method, not just a scientific method. It's a logical method. Pick a methodology. How are we going to go about understanding Allah's word? We pick a methodology. Then all of the uh, hadiths and the ayat, the ulama examine them. They almost put it through that methodology. Then, you get a result. You accept that result however it is. Whatever that result is, you accept it. Okay? Now, the wrong methodology to do things is flipped. You already predetermined your result. You already know what you want. Right? And then... You, su- you search the information, the ahadith, the ayat that suit your results and you look for a methodology and you cook up a methodology that will produce that result. So the wrong way to do things flips it. Okay? It puts the result, it predetermines the result. You see this, what the graph looks like now. You, it predetermines the result, then you look for the ahadith and you look for the evidence that serves your results and then you cook up a methodology that serves that result and that's why we don't pick that's why it's a corrupt approach to pick and choose from the opinions because you're growing your whims your hawa of your nafs and you're never having to have taqwa because taqwa is that All right, I believe this methodology we're going to put in all the ayat and the adillah and by the way we're not going to do this the ulama have already done it We then get a result. And you say, oh, I don't like this result. Okay? Where is the taqwa? You already decided upon a methodology. Yes or no? You accept all the information. Yes or no? Then accept the results. Okay? Accept the results. That's taqwa. Discipline. And it's predictable. Okay? It's not an Islamic life based on all of my whims. That's the big difference. All right? Now, are we saying that those people who do that, pick and choose their fiqh, are they like, what is it, unacceptable? It's unacceptable as a methodology. Yes, it's unacceptable. Individually, their ibadat and their actions may end up being correct. But just because something is correct in its result, does not mean it's correct in its method, nor will it produce taqwa. It's not going to produce taqwa like this. Okay. It's going to produce a strengthening of my desire. That anything I desire... I could actually look up in the books and I'm so skilled at using my brain to serve my desires. That's not the way things are done. Regarding the will of Allah. That's the way things are done if you want to run a company. I want to be a millionaire. Okay, fine, go. Sell hangers. That that failed. Sell mugs. That failed. Fine. The one result is there and you can find a million different ways to go about it. That's good for you in your own hayat dunya. But when it comes to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That's not the right way to go about things. And show me any alim that supported that. Predetermine the result, then look for the nusus, and the usul, the nusus are the texts, the hadiths and the verses, and the usul is the methodology. So for every masala, so on socks, I'm hanbali. On food, I'm maliki. On traveler's prayer, I'm shafi'i. On wudu. I'm Hanafi, because you can have wudu by without having any intention. You don't get the reward, but it's valid wudu. On financial, on riba, I'm fringe Hanafi. Because there's some fringe Hanafis that have some odd views on riba. Right? What else is there, I, that people like? On Hadra, I'm <laughs> <laughs> On uh, On marriage, I'm Zahiri. Because there's a crazy Zahiri opinion where the Qur'an says, Marrying twos and threes and fours, so what did the Dahris do? They said two, and three more, that's five, and four more, that's nine. So you can have nine wives. How crazy is that view, right? Huh? Hambly uh, on socks. You got to be hambly on socks. Shafi on beard. I could shave it all off if I want to, right? Sunnah. It's not a fard. So all this, this is no way to practice a religion. This is a way that if you went to any rational person, they said, you're just playing games. Yeah, you might be, each one might be valid, but you're playing games. There is something that is haq, but the method and the the result is not good. Next. Is is, uh, her mic on?
2: Alright, speaketh. What should a Muslim do if it reaches the age of 40?
0: If a Muslim reaches the age of 40, they should wonder and they should examine their deeds. If their deeds are upright, good news to him. If he has sins, not good, because it's just going to get harder to get off these sins. So work hard to do whatever you can to get off your sins and to uh, get onto the right path. All right, we can look at some of these other questions here saying marriage by uh, virtual online an online a virtual marriage online it is valid but there is one thing that is a necessity like what's the necessity the necessity is the identities right how to ensure the identity of the person that's on the camera is the person that you're dealing with so if that can be you know, in, insured somehow, then a virtual nikah is valid. But by the way, you don't even need a mazun, just to tell you. So you can get a local mazun and the virtual person. Mazun is the one who conducts the marriage. It's not even necessary. Right, we can kill the split screen now. It's not even necessary. If a man says, "I marry," I have married you to me. Past tense. He's got to say it in the past tense. I have married you to me. And she says, I have accepted your marriage. They're married. And two witnesses. They're married. The dowry they could figure it out later. Okay. And if they dispute on it, then she gets the average of her friends. Whatever her local people of her status would get, she gets that. Okay. That's how it works. That's how simple it is. And if she was previously married, she needs a wali, yes. But if she didn't have a wali, if she was previously married, it's valid. Even if she didn't ha- she wasn't previously married. The contract of the marriage is valid, but the consummation requires the wali. Uh, sorry, uh, the witnesses. She needs a wali in the Madhich she needs a wali, the witnesses aren't necessary for the contract of the marriage. The witnesses are necessary before consummation. So, uh, marriage is a lot easier than what people think. But yes, so the short end of it is yes. It can be done virtually as long as the identities of the two people are are in short. Gigi is asking about um, what was Gigi asking about? Fate of non-Muslims who have not received the message, they're forgiven. Next.
2: And, uh, is there still value in the and which one mind wanders but you still say it repeatedly why, while the heart isn't fully present, pre- present present
0: yes it is it is it, there is value to it because you're practicing it takes a while to be able to focus your heart on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah as he's is unseen to us so you have to use your mind okay, and you have to use your heart So it will take time. So there is value in keep trying and failing. But there is less value if you don't put the effort. So if you're just doing thicker all the time and you're letting yourself go on your phone, then there's less effort involved. So you're not going to have as much benefit. Before we continue, you can support this live stream at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. patreon.com backslash Safina Society. You can become a supporter of this live stream. Make sure, you can, you can help us make sure that there are no fires happening in the basement or in the kitchen, okay? And that we can hire HVAC people to fix our air conditioning, etc., etc., etc. You are all part of that. MashaAllah, you will all get the reward. And eventually, we're saving up to put some beautiful marble tiling here so that we could have guests, right? And we could have multiple cameras, etc., 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 All this development for the sake of making it a better stream as Allah says, He tests you who is the best of deeds. So we have to have the best live stream. Ahab Niaz says, How do we make sure the methodology is sound? It's the four madhabs. The ulama have examined and examined and examined these four madhahib and deemed all of their usul to be valid opinions. In Usul. So it's the four madhabs essentially. Amin says, what is the meaning behind Imam Malik when he was asked about the Qibla and the Qabr of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Malik was asked if I'm standing in front of the grave of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I'm making dua do I face the Prophet or do I turn my back to the Prophet and face the Qibla Imam Malik said your adab with him after his death is your adab with him in his life if he was alive, would you turn his, your back to him no, of course not so, you never turn your back to the Prophet. Next question. Can you read the Nikah of a couple
2: online if they ask you? Next
0: question, we, we answered that one. Moab mm. says Is it haram to lie on your stomach? It's makruh. Because it's one of the sitting, because you're putting your najasa upwards. The source of your najasa upwards. Faradino, Italian, says. Uh, Brazilian maybe. I'm a 34-year-old father of three. MashaAllah. Working from home. Listening to this series is my favorite part of the workday. See, we got to help uh, people get through their day. I'm from Montreal and I will visit New Jersey, inshallah. You, uh, you can, when you visit New Jersey, you contact us. Info and let us uh, let us know and you can visit. You could even sit down on the podcast, uh, the live stream as well. Are you allowed to take out a mortgage for your first home if your family gets too big? Well, there, you should use the Sharia, at least the ones where the, externally the, sh, the contract is valid by the Sharia. You should use those. And for those people who have like six kids, no one will rent to you because people don't want to rent for six kids. They're going to destroy the house. And for that, some people have given fatwa for that, but that is a fatwa, not a ruling. Okay, There's a big difference. That's why you have to get it for you specifically. Right? So there may be room for that. Shay K, answer my question, please. Alright, let's go up to Shay K uh, and see what the question was, first of all. Alright. Shay K is just a letter S. Oh, there it is. All right. Confused on differentiating true dreams versus Neff's dreams. If you if it seems if you think of something a lot. And it comes in a dream, it is classified as from the nefs. Yes, it's just from your thoughts. If you think about, for example, if you're, let's say, you're deprived of eating something. Let's say the doctor says you can no longer eat shrimp. And you used to love shrimp. You may dream of shrimp. That is not a dream that is from the heavens. That's just from your nefs. It's just from your mind. There's nothing good or bad about it. But naturally, you always think of what you're making dua for. Wonderful question. Wonderful question. Okay. If a dream about what you've been thinking about, but it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will come in a symbolic form that you would have never thought about. That's the whole reason why dreams come as symbols. Is for you to separate between your own thoughts and a true dream so a symbolic dream from Allah Ta'ala there comes in symbols that you don't even understand then someone says no this means this and that okay so that's the meaning of why dream true dreams come symbolically to separate for you so you know this was not from me because I don't even know what these symbols mean right versus the dream that is from the nafs it is exactly what you were thinking about So that's the difference. If a man keeps himself clean-shaven, does he accrue sins? In the three madhabs, yes. It is wajib to have something of a beard, at the very least, what the society would call a beard. And if I'm not mistaken, the Shafi'i madhab holds the beard to be a sunnah. So I don't know what their ruling is on someone who perpetually leaves off sunnah mu'akkada. Because... In the Hanafi and Mariki schools, perpetually, leaving off a sunnah mu'akkada for no reason is a defect in your deen. Sinful for the Hanafis, but a defect in your deen. So someone who refuses, never prays witzr, just like on purpose. Never prays witr. Next. How, uh,
2: how important is it for a Muslim to visit al-Aqsa? Can we... Prioritize it over an umrah. Repeat. How important is it for a Muslim to visit Al Aqsa? Can we for- prioritize it over an umrah?
0: La no, umrah is first. Umrah is sunnah muakkadah once in your lifetime, whereas visiting Al Aqsa is not. So sunnah umrah comes first. Um. Prioritize first. What happens if you lie about a dream, says Susu, then Allah will not give you true dreams again, and it is a major sin, the Prophet even mentioned it. Next subject. Actually, let me read here. Anjum Shahzad, he's 43 years old, he's the father of three, and Lee lives in London. It's 8 p.m. here. Man, it's one of those hot days. I love England in the summertime, when it's hot. When it's warm, I mean. When the sun is out, Everyone's out, and those days it's like nine o'clock maghrib, right? Maghrib is late in the summertime. You fast one of those days, you really earned it, right? You fast one of those hot summer days of of, of Eng- in England, you really earned it. He says, "It's one of the hottest d- days in recorded history." And we went for a nice long two hour walk, listening to the podcast best part of the day that's wonderful that's what we want to hear that's what we want to hear moab says many women can't tolerate contraceptives is it halal for a man to get a vasectomy no it is not halal to take a permanent solution to contraception it can only be a temporary solution on top of that the only reason that that may be permissible is if the woman will have a danger to her body like if she gets, has a baby again she's going to have massive bleeding and rupturing then that is the only reason that's again fetwa, for her case only okay, now can the man get that? I don't think so well what happens if he ends up having to marry another woman? right? so the woman may get that now the man, not to get also too graphic here but there is the old way of doing things which is called coitus interruptus, the Latin. You can go look that up. It's called al azl in Arabic, which means basically you come out, you pull out, and you spill your seed else outside of the body. Okay? So, hey, Bawan, if you are inspired to keep making dua about a certain subject, that's wonderful. Should you continue pursuing that subject? Yes you pursue it and you keep praying for it Shaykh, can you please include the second part of my question right under the first yes we can why not example if I see a ring cake indicated marriage or how like the Prophet saw a silk piece with Aisha but naturally you may think of a particular woman you might want to marry Oh, Shaykai is a man. I didn't know that. I thought Shaykai was a woman. Uh, all this time. Allahu Adam, it is basically more of... This, the dream symbols are... Um, the, the scholars, They they know what these symbols are. Like milk, for example, is a very popular one relating to marriage. Okay. A praying in someone's house. That means there's a connection between you and that house some, in the, some way in the future There's different symbols like that So you have to search in your society In your community I mean For a uh, A dream interpreter And see if they have If they can tell you if that dream is a true dream or not What do you think of Sayyid Muhammad al-Attas I'm not familiar who it is Sayyid Naqib al-Attas I know Can you ask Shaf'a'a from a person at his janazah? Yeah. We can ask Allah to make him intercede for you. Why not? What can we do with the Quran that is worn out? You can bury it or burn it. Can a female wipe over her hijab at work? No. Maybe in the Hanafi school, uh, Hanbali school. Do you sin if you dye your hair black? for the man makruh for the woman is halal for the man though it's makruh because it makes people think you're a lot younger than you are uh, if non-Muslim who never hear about Islam are forgiven why do we give anyone da'wah <laughs> that's an obligation upon us it's their haq it's their right okay. it is their right and it's an obligation upon us and also life without Islam is there's a lot of moral questions and spiritual questions that they may be suffering right now Without the truth, so it is an obligation upon us. Next,
2: um, how how should we make du'a at the maqam of Sayyidna Ay- Ayyub and Ansari? Abu Ayyub al Ansari in Turkey.
0: Okay, when you when you have that you uh, uh, the chance to visit the grave of Abu Ayyub al Ansari in Turkey. Yeah, and there's nothing specific different. You go, you say assalamu alaykum mu'minin wa inna insha'Allah bikum lahayquun. And then you make dua for the deceased and you make dua for yourself and for the ummah. Ismail says ruling on men wearing rings, necklaces and bracelets. In the Maliki school, all of that is haram except for one ring that is less than uh what's the what's the the price of it, rai, 2 2, dir, two dirhams worth. I uh, can't remember the actual weight. It's a weight. Um, it's actual weight. And only one silver ring. Silver maximum. I Meaning it could be anything else. It could be plastic. It could be le- less than that. Not Non-gold ring, let's say. Non-gold ring. Okay. That's all a man is allowed to wear. In other methods, they may have discouragement but jewelry is generally the man is not made to be ordained and dainty etc he's not made for that the women are made to be beautified okay uh, in our religion that's how we choose to perform gender and the language of today's wokists okay that's how we what's what we believe about gender so we have no apologies for that yes
2: um, can uh, can a man wear like uh, a rubber band or something over, uh, like as a bracelet.
0: He can, uh, if he if he's using stuff, he can wear it. For example, a man can can have, for example, a uh, throw his tools around his neck, a rubber band or a misbah around his. That's not jewelry. That's he's carrying something. That's acceptable. But if it's jewelry, then no. Yeah, if he's putting it on as jewelry, then no. What does using a prayer mat invalidate Salah in the Mataki method? It does not. When does he say? Um, when does using a prayer mat if, if there's Najasa on it? The it,
1: thickness? He's talking about it would be makru to use it, to take it when it wasn't there and put it there. It's better to use the earth in front of you. To use the earth. Yeah, but even
0: that has exceptions. For example, if someone's going to get fungus right. infection then he can use a mat. Because there's been messages that have been really unclean. And it's not the earth. Earth is clean, right? But fungal infection, because Maddox himself used to put down a, uh, a cloth so that his forehead doesn't get marked up. So for the protection of the forehead, um, it is permitted to protect the forehead. Sophia. Has questions. Are sweets with gelatin from cows permissible? The no. Gelatin of the cow? Based upon istihada. If istihada applies to it, some scholars apply that and some don't. Beef, gelatin, marshmallows. But, and how is the gelatin extracted? Uh, Would be grateful for an answer to questions one, two, and three. Oh, she's got another heck. She numbers her questions now. Sophia says, as an adult child, do you have to do anything possible to keep your elderly parent alive when they suffer from Alzheimer's? No, you do not have to keep them plugged in. You You don't have to keep them plugged in. Like so you're not obligated to keep someone on a machine. You can pull the plug, it's totally halal. You're not obligated to have to do that. They lose consciousness, so you take them to the hospital to get reanimated as a it's recommended or halal to do that. It's not obligatory to keep somebody alive who is on the verge of death. Okay. Rai, were you pulling up that masala on the the mats? Yeah.
1: This was the website.
0: Yeah, he didn't pay for it. He didn't pay it. So I think we'll buy it. This
1: was like my home.
0: I'm going to buy it. We should just buy it. It's the second time he didn't pay. I don't know. The first time he said, oh, thank you. I forgot to pay my bill. I said, listen, if you're not paying your bills to the website company, I'll just buy it for you. (laughs) He's a nice brother. He came visited here one time.
1: I thought
0: it was me. No, no, it's not him. He's a convert, brother. He's married to an Egyptian. Yes. speaketh.
2: Um... What is, isu- what is issue with the problem With the Wait <laughs> No not that one Okay for is saying It's the far So uh, oh, That's the same one People are saying- All right,
0: while you pull that together Let's answer Salman's Can you perform Umrah on a long layover Yes Are you obligated to complete Umrah If you make the intention And you state Of ihram Yes You're obligated to complete it Once you begin and intend any sunnah, you're obligated to finish it. Nimra, what about different cheeses made from rennet? Yes, uh, you may eat that. What is your view on enzymes of non-zabiha, cows, cheese? I think that rennet, we answered that question. It's halal to eat. Is it halal or is it say halal on the packaging? They're talking about something else. Uh, Sophia, I only see one question of yours i don't see questions two and three best way to memorize quran by dino palavra it's read it 15 times read it 15 times then without looking at it try to recite it to yourself 15 times do that twice a day and only do four or five ayahs a day that's it Okay. Is that only in Maliki method for dyeing black hair for women? Women are, are allowed to dye their hair any color except a color that is known for fusaq, like the blue and pink haired woke types. That would be makruh, because people might think you're woke and then you won't get any marriage proposals. right? But And people might think ill of you. But they are allowed to um, dye their hair any color. Men can dye their hair also any color. Same rule applies unless... It's a color that is uh, specific for fusak. Fusak is people who are like odd or astray in some way, or they represent something forbidden for us. We're also discouraged from dyeing our hair black because it is, um, uh, it, it deceives people. The people think you're a lot younger. All right, expand that screen, Rai. This is, this is a
1: translation
0: now. Okay, expand the screen. So we can read that. Alright, in the Mariki method, reading from an Ashmawiyah, pro- is this what is, Akhtari or Ashmawiya? This is Ashma'wi. Prostrating on luxurious garments, rugs or things like that. So it's, that's, it's based upon the luxury element of things. Okay? There is no harm in prostrating on ordinary mats. There you go. Okay? Nevertheless, prostrating on the earth is better. Okay? Stay away from the above stated. So, on the earth, your local masjid rug is not the earth. Right? these rugs are not clean, I'm telling you people just walked on that place where you're making sujood and he was in the bathroom making wudu barefoot in the bathroom and put on slippers Allah knows how many people put on those slippers I'm not getting involved with that I don't want I'm saying this because it happened to me before and I had like a slash here that I just could not get off my forehead for years so I'm not going that route again in life of having a fungal infection, just the thought of it is disgusting. Fungus from some guy's foot. Now it's on the rug, and now it's on your head. The earth is different. It's better to make sujood on the earth. But the rotten old rugs of some of these masjid, they don't vacuum the masjid. And and some people, uh, they walk in the bathroom of the masjid barefoot. No, thank you. But the luxurious rug is what's makruh. Putting down some luxury like you're some king that can't prostrate on the floor like everyone else. And now there's heated, heated rugs for fajr. Are you some king? You're not some king. Let me just tell you that. And the softs, because your forehead is so precious. Habibi, can't get his forehead. No, put some some clean surface
1: on but doesn't have to be some soft thing because you're so soft and, and precious. Sheikh Harun also said um, this doesn't include like masajid getting nice rugs. Like they should get nice rugs for the community because it's not the individual.
0: For, it's not for an individual. So it's permitted for a masjid to get a nice rug because it's honoring the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What about a rug for someone with arthritis? Yes, there's always exceptions. If you have arthritis you may end up Praying sitting down in the first place. Next. Oh, Prince Matthew Gaming is affirming. Here. Well, I prayed in Mecca without a rug. I ended up with a fungal infection on his head. I don't want some, someone's foot fungus on my head. There's limits to everything. Speak.
2: What should we do when passing by a Christian
0: cemetery? When you pass by a Christian cemetery? Well, you know what some people say? Bin Good news for you, hellfire. But uh, I actually have to check if that's something that's a sunnah for us to say, or is that something that I just heard someone once narrate as a hadith that they used to say. I remember a, uh, a, an imam from East Orange, he said, I taught my daughter when she passes by the graves of the non-believers to say, Good news for you, hellfire. So, uh, i have to check if that's actually something that's sunnah for us. I've never heard that or read it in the books, but I also haven't researched it. So, I'll look it up again. Maybe they have a basis and maybe not. So, I can't answer that. Rai, why, why, why don't you look it up for us? Uh, Prince actually, Matthew Gaming wants people to know that, no, it's not a fungal infection, but a cut on his forehead. So, there must have been something sharp on his forehead. Okay, Nimra uh, M. Star... What was your question? What about rugs for those with arthritis? Yes, we answered that. Oh, Sophia says, how do you react to relatives gossiping? You try to make up an excuse that doesn't make it look like you're so pious and they're not because they're going to make fun of you for that. And it's also not nice, but just make up an excuse, right? Make up an excuse. The cell phone is a great thing to make up excuses. So make up some excuse. And and just distracts yourself from it. As-salat at-tibbiya the benefits of as-salat Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin tib al-qulubi wa abdani wa afiyat al-abdan wa shifaiha wa nur al-absar wa and the Yemeni's added wa ghidā'u qut al al-arwaḥi wa ghidha'iha. So that's a wonderful salat on the prophet that is said that it is who says it 300 times will experience shifa. You'll f- experience a, something of a healing. Next.
2: Um, how do you use the ring when it's on your ring finger? Wouldn't it be awkward to touch the
0: This? Ring? No, you take it off when you use it. You take this off and you could put it like here. You could use it like that. You take it off. Okay. Are you allowed to eat raw snails? The snail is an aquatic creature. You can eat it even if you find it dead. Because the snail is an aquatic creature. So however you find the snail, raw, dead, or alive, you may eat it, however you want to eat it, because it is an aquatic creature. What are are the obligations with respect to sibling ties? The general keeping in touch. That's it can a ginger like an a red-haired person dye, dye their color henna it's natural to them so someone who has orange hair now if we said that dyeing your hair black is misleading because it's or it's makruh because it misleads people make you think you're young well what if you don't have black hair well, that's a great question of course that was a hadith for the arabs right so what about the Irish person using henna, Then people will think they're really young. That's a good question, and I will have to ask about that. If, it, if we operate with qiyas on that, the question is, are we operating with qiyas uh, on that? And such that if you're a blonde guy, then dyeing your hair blonde would become makru. If you're a brown-haired guy, dyeing your hair brown would become makru. Oh, we'll ask the Sheikh about that take that ya yeah, out and then put b- binar abshiru binar alright couple more questions before we head off yes
2: um, I had a dream of talking to Mufti Taqi Osmani but I don't remember much about it would it be a nafs dream
0: Allahu alam I can't tell you right here how do we exercise sabr says Nabila until du'a is accepted You simply close your eyes and visualize yourself in front of the gate of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeating to Allah "Oh, Oh Allah, your messenger peace be upon him said we will be answered as long as we don't leave off our du'a. Here I am obeying the messenger and I'm waiting. If you have the power to wait and you know how to bide your time subhanAllah it's really one of the important skills in life is to know how to await. What does Allah say? He praises Sayyidina Musa. He Says, "La abrahu hatta I will not stop until I reach, until I meet, I arrive at the area of the two oceans. Okay, even if I have to wait a, a lifetime, "La abrahu hatta Even if I have to travel for life, for an eon. So we have to learn how to wait and how to, how to enjoy the waiting too. Because it's that is ibadah Waiting for the answer is ibadah Bilal says, any plans to visit the UK? Well, we got to visit the UK now that half of the people here are from the UK. Well, this, is, this is advantageous to them because it's evening time for UK. All right, next question
2: advice for feeling like you're always chasing things in life and things never come easy to you
0: the mentality is no good that mentality is no good things never come easy to you I'm sure there's a lot of things that came easy I'm sure there's a lot of people who have it worse so I would highly recommend that not going to answer that question rather go revise your mentality have a more positive mentality for example do you see a lot of people don't see you'd have to work you didn't do anything to see you didn't do anything to think you didn't do anything to you know do all do 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 those basic things but some people do they they can't see okay all that stuff Emmy Armin Daffy duck says for the question of animal rennet would it still be halal for animals like pigs Uh I can't imagine that it cannot be no Difference between Shafi'i and Hanafi Maliki Madhabs mainly is on the solitary chained hadiths and the amal of Ahlul Medina. Those are the two major differences. And it will take a while to explain that now. Okay. Tahir Omar, I have one question, but it never gets answered. Just put the question in, right? Put the, repeat the question in, because it may just get lost. But I did answer your question about which madhab. I did answer that one. Any advice on finding a sheikh? Go study with different shiuch until one settles with your heart and you find that you're benefiting most.
2: Next. Um, If you have a deadly disease like cancer but refuse therapy because of its side effects, knowing you'll die sooner, is this okay?
0: Who, who, who Who asked that question? What's the name?
2: Muhammad Munam.
0: If a person refused to take medicine for cancer, number one, what is? Let's look at the broad picture. What's the ruling on taking medicine in the Sharia? Some madhabs say recommended. Some say permitted. Okay. Now halal is different from wise, so it is they have not done something haram. If someone refused, could you keep scrolling so I could see that question, Muhammad? That bin? What was it? Instagram, Instagram, right? Yeah. So if somebody refuses to take medicine, they have not committed a sin. Okay? They have not committed a sin. All right? But... Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, but we have to look at something else. Does this person have dependence that they will just be leaving, abandoning? Right? Right? You, there must be a consequence to that. You're going to leave your daughter to be abandoned. You're going to leave your son to be abandoned. You're going to leave your husband, wife, mother without any help because you did something halal. You may be responsible for those consequences. Okay? So that action, one action of yours may be halal, but you may be responsible for those consequences. And I can only see that somebody would do that if they have no dependence. Nothing, nobody to be responsible for can a Muslim woman remove her hijab in front of a non-Muslim woman? The answer is yes. Can you do a session on jinn? Jawad. Give haruk. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, can you explain salah kamila, Durun nareh? We're going to be doing a video on each one of these. InshaAllah. Can we give salam when entering the garden after Maghrib as this place can be occupied by the jinn? What garden... Yes, you can give salam anywhere. Say, assalamu alaikum. When you wake up, says, shaheer ijaz. You should wash hands, nose and mouth. You should wash, yes, those three things. Hands, the Prophet ﷺ said, nose and mouth. Immediately is what the Prophet used to cover, uh, uh, wash when he wakes up. Qanita says, do women in the Maliki method have to cover their feet? The top of the feet, not the bottom of the feet. Is it wajib for women to cover their face in the Shafi'i method and the Hanbali method only? But not in the Maliki method, Unless there is fitna. Fitna means people will look at her, people will abuse her, bother her. Uga Panda, I'm signing for a TD Bank checking account. Is it good? I don't know which is the best bank. Ask somebody who knows about banking. I really don't know. Next question.
2: Follow up on above. Please comment on the fic of generally rejecting medical treatment, knowing it may be may bring more haram harm 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 to you or take your life. Any examples in the sunnah?
0: No, the general ruling, as the ulama said, is you're not you're never obligated to take medicine. But that doesn't mean you will not be held accountable for the consequences. That means I got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dependents, right? They rely upon me. I can't abandon them. Willingly, knowingly. So I, I'm sitting here dying and I know I'm about to abandon these dependents. So I'm not obligated at this moment to, to cure myself. That's the sharia, what the Fuqha have said. Because they, they have found no, obli- no nus directly obligating me to take medicine. However, I will be responsible for abandoning these, these creatures. I've abandoned them. Right? That's the problem. And I may be responsible for that. Qanata says, can I wear perfume with alcohol in the Maliki madhhab? In the Maliki Madhab, but in other madhabs, yes. And even in the Maliki Madhabs, the Mauritanians permitted it. The, the, the Shanaqta permitted that. We have to go, believe it or not. Again, support this by patreon.com, backslash Safina society, and wait a couple more weeks until we unveil our new ArcView website, which is going to make taking our online classes really, really important, uh, really easy uh, to take, and user-friendly and everything. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you all very much for your questions. I appreciate these questions, and I appreciate your company, all of you. And go to Jennifer Friel's question about the feet real quick. About the feet, is that in front of men or in prayer or both? Both. So, the women want to be Hanafi in the summertime when it comes to sandals. But Maliki, I require the top to be covered. Jazakumullahu khairan subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashhadu la ilaha illa anta nastaghfirukun ilayk. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this majlis of ours and to let us live and die upon a sunnah wal-jama'ah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, keep us upon ikhlas and the ibad of Allah ta'ala and du'a, always to keep on our tongue du'a and we ask Allah to inspire us with the du'a that he wants to answer for us. We ask Allah ta'ala to answer all of our prayers and to forgive our sins, and to elevate our rank in nearness to him, and to make us love his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, for all those of our parents. May Allah give them guidance if they're not outside of guidance. And may Allah forgive them and enter them Jannat al without any hisab, because of how they raised us and were patient with us. Likewise with all of our teachers and everyone to whom we are indebted. We ask Allah for all of our children and the youth that he make them love Islam and remove all the fitan that lead them astray, away from them, and give them guidance and make them love Iman and make it sweet inside their hearts. Lastly, we ask that none be more beloved to us than his most beloved, Sayyid al Sayyidina Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wa Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.